Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jose's observations and takeaways from training camp. AB's injury, is it getting concerning? And then finally, we get some football. So we're going to do a little preview for Saturday's preseason game against the Rams. But first things first, rest in peace to Cliff Branch. Rest in peace. Yes, for sure. I mean, I know for both of us, uh, Cliff was a little bit before uh, Jose and I's my time, so didn't quite get a chance to see him play in his prime. But he's a Raiders legend and deserves to be talked about. You know, I think, Jose, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the only guy to win all three Super Bowls with the Raiders. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. That I is mean, true. Absolute legend. Absolute legend in the playoffs. I think his playoff statistics, I don't have the numbers with me. But I believe they're still towards the top in just about every receiving category. Damn sham that the guy's not in the hall. We need to get the guy in the hall, Jose. How do we do this? <laughs> uh, well, how do we do this? Though so he already took the first step by unfortunately dying, which oh, seems yeah. the only way the Hall of Fame will allow Raider legends in is oh, you're prerequisite, you're dead. Come <laughs> on in. You know, Kenny Stabler was a perfect example of that. Um, even Ray Guy, I think, too, or no, Guy's still in the living right now. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, but it damn, for the longest time, it felt like Ray Guy was going to, like, hey, are you going to croak yet so we can let you in? You know, like, <laughs> one of those. Like, it, it's, it's kind of, like, it's kind of messed up in a way that there it, it feels and seems that way. But, yeah, I'm not sure what they're waiting on. Are they waiting for Tom Flores next? You know, Tom Flores needs to be in there. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Cliff Branch should have been in there, you know. Definitely not first ballot. It's all right if you make these guys wait five-plus years, but. Now, I think now is the time, you know, so yeah. what the hell? I mean, I, I, it's just it's just disrespectful and just really feels like a sense of bias towards the Raiders, and this is why some of the fans will continue to harp on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that viewpoint from the NFL against the Raiders is died down now. I mean, there are occasions where it'll feel and seem that way, but in this one, it definitely feels like is the one constant that's always going to be a reminder, like, hey, we're, we're not going to let you in until you croak. You're you're not gonna get enshrined, you know. So it's kind of the messed up part, and it's like to me at this point, don't even let him in, you know. Don't let him in. Stay in your stance. You already you already disrespected him. Feels like it's a real spit in the face at this point. Oh, now we're gonna let you in. Yeah. Because we felt some kind of way. Now all of a sudden, like no, no, you you go to hell. <laughs> I don't know what's just just think about that. It, it, Kenny Stabler, and they didn't even they didn't even enshrine Stabler as a Raider. Didn't they put him in a Saints jersey or something like that in his locker? So um, stupid or a Oilers jersey. But point is, yeah, man, it's just the way that how they treat it is just really disrespectful. And just at this point, if they let him in, it's just pretty much spitting in his face. I mean, sure, some people are like, oh, just let him in anyways, which, yeah, I get it. But to me, if, I, if I'm like the family of Cliff Branch, I'm like, dude, no, nah, go to hell. F you. We don't want you in because you had all this time. I'm not sure what the deal was. Yeah. So, nah, we're cool off you guys. So that's, that's pretty much how I view of it. I mean, yeah. I think I still would like to see the guy in there just because it is a little bit of a memorial. But I, I see your point in, like, if you weren't going to... If the Hall of Fame is supposed to be based on what you do as a career and you weren't going to enshrine him while he was alive and now if you do it, kind of, it does feel a little less authentic and it takes away from it. But thoughts and prayers go out to the Branch family. I mean, like I said, guy's a Raider legend, one of the best receivers to ever put, put on the silver and black. And it would be a cool thing to see, obviously, in, in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm, 
I'm not trying to 100% say like, oh, yeah, don't don't even go in branch, but yeah. it'll, how how I'll play out, it'll play out, whatever, I'll be fine, cool with yeah. it. It's not gonna really affect me, but um, yeah, dude, Cliff Branch, like I said, he is before our time. I did obviously would watch some old some old like videos of him that whatever I can find off YouTube or whatever, because I was always told from like all the old people in my family, man, Cliff Branch <laughs> was a good ass player, dude. That guy was just you just make him go on a streak and yeah. you just throw a bomb in it because he was fast as hell. Um. And he was a receiver wearing number 21, which is pretty Dope. freaking weird. You don't wear 21 on your receivers. So actually, I know if like I picked number 21 in college and high school because of Namdi for being corner, but playing wide receiver, two-way player, it actually made me feel okay to wear 21 in the offense because mm-hmm. I used to freaking used to be like, you're going to wear 21 and you play receiver? Why don't you wear a single-digit number because it's the most versatile, which is kind of true. You wear a single-digit number, but no, nah, I was like, I had to wear 21 for Namdi and then at least branch like – at least when I'm on when I'm offense, because I was the speedster on the team, and it'd be like, no, I do Cliff Branch. Humble brag. Branch, man. So, uh, <laughs> always. You always got to get that little tidbit. But, yeah, man, rest in peace, Cliff Branch. So, Jose was at training camp this weekend. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, Jose, you actually tweeted out that kind of caught my eye was you're talking about looked like design plays for J.J. Nelson. Now, I know at least I've said on this, I've kind of written off uh, J.J. as more of a camp body. But I've also seen your, t- I saw what you tweeted out, and I've also seen from a lot of the respectable Raiders beat writers that J.J. Nelson's been actually having a hell of a camp out there making plays. So, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, J.J. might have been, you know, he obviously had a down production, a uh, down year in production last year. But when I think about the situation he was in last year, you know, maybe he just kind of got forced out a little bit by Christian Kirk in a, in a similar fashion to Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. Obviously, Tyrell had more production and not got the bigger contract and why we're not talking about Tyrell in the same light as JJ. But I'm curious, what exactly were you seeing, Jose? What were we seeing from JJ Nelson? And is it looking more and more likely like he's going to make this team and be an impact player? Oh, I'd say JJ Nelson's 100% going to be a lock on the team, man, which okay. is very shocking. Didn't even consider. Yeah. Um, okay, I don't want to say it's very shocking that he's a lock. Mm-hmm. I'll say it's a shock. Maybe it's a lock at this point and a shock at how they're using him and how they're using him looks a little similar to the way they're using hunter renfro so obviously hunter renfro the same beat writers and everyone we know the hype surrounding him third and renfro and all that such um in training camp they're giving him a lot of play designations and primary attention that pretty much revolved around him like wide receiver screens quick quick routes runs or some type of motion but with jj nelson he was getting the similar looks and plays as hunter renfro obviously some different ones and how I'm seeing the way that they're trying to use J.J. Nelson, of course, this is just from one practice, but whoever, all the beat writers feel I'm getting supported when I say this, that he's being used a little bit like a gadget player almost. Because I'm seeing him, in, he, he was in some motions. There was one where he'd start the wide receiver position and then motion into the, the back, into the running back. By the time ball is snapped, when he's at the running back, he changes directions again and starts running towards back where he ran initially, and they just toss a swing pass. So getting him on the run already to start off since he's so since he's so fast and just blow by the defender and get the the defensive formation to get out of shape, you know. Yep. So I think that's that's the interesting part because JJ Nelson his main trait his main trait is that he is a speedster receiver. So I don't I don't know about him how his route running is. I'm sure it is it is pretty good at this point. Nothing to be so you know wows about because yeah. he has been in the league for a while. I'd hope he had some legitimate route running. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that was the most shocking I saw that he was 
he was getting the same attention, the same play designation. I was like, JJ Nelson, really? <laughs> it's like, it was, I was like, it was like, okay, cool. I mean, it's good because you need more speedsters. I mean, obviously, AB is a is a streaker. Tyrell is a streaker. You know, you can't have I just have two because then it's gonna get yeah. too obvious of who's gonna go, who's gonna take you off the top. Yeah, once again, JJ Nelson, a, a very shocking candidate. I didn't see any type of. I just saw he was depth. I was sure he was gonna make the team. And the same as way as Ryan Grant, the way Chris Wysong last week was saying about him and you two. But I feel like at this point, Ryan Grant's probably gone, dude. Honestly, really? I think it's going to be those two. We obviously know Williams and AB, Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. no duh, um, JJ now, um, and maybe even Marcel Eatman at fifth, and maybe even a sixth receiver with Keelan Doss if they want to keep that. So I I think, yeah, I think I feel like Ryan Grant's gone. I mean, they're better off keeping the young receivers anyways than keeping like a one year guy like Grant, because then obviously. Those are the three locks receivers that I said at first, and then you swing in Aitman, you swing in Doss because you want the younger receivers to maybe get out, get in and get out there. But how how they view it, it's going to be interesting. You know, it is just training camp, and it can easily blow blow against them in preseason. But it's it feels like for sure that a lot of the positions on offense are pretty much known of who's going to make it. It's more so the defense that all right, who's going to step up and where you, where the where, where's the additional help going to come from, or if they could still add upon players. Yeah. I'm- I mean, I think what speaks volumes to what JJ has been able to do, and I mean, because we've talked about on here where, you know, we've learned as Raider fans to tread <laughs> lightly when it comes to preseason training camp heroes. But I think the surprising part is that they're actually, like you're saying, designing plays for him, looking to get balls in his hand on screens and whatnot. That strikes me as a guy that, hey, we've got this guy in the game plan. This guy's going to be on the team. And we're going to let him loose. You know, like you said, he is a speed demon. He's filled that slot receiver need. And he can be one of those guys that can really take the top off a defense, which the Raiders have been lacking a lot in the last few years, especially last year with, you know, we're raving about Jordy Nelson speed. (laughs) Yeah. But I I am curious. You brought his name up. Anything from Keelan Doss? You see anything that, um, you know, I'm obviously been obsessed with them. Anything you you saw from him in the practice you were at? Uh no nothing nothing really big um of course obviously it's, it wasn't it wasn't re- it's not really um possible to try to keep your eye on total amount of people I was mainly like keying on a certain few and then whoever stood out and that's who stood out was J J Nelson um I I did notice a lot a lot of people who we think are incumbent starters didn't play it hardly played on like because because it was shorts yesterday and it was a short practice yep. as well. Um, I didn't see Conley play in any team in any team eleven ons or seven on. Daryl Worley was the first one. I didn't. I hardly saw Carl Joseph out there. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure what they were doing. They were mixing with different formations. But once gotcha. again, I think yesterday was a lot just like, hey, we're letting the young guys get a lot of reps, which I think is is actually it's a good. good thing. You want to get like they're they're favoring. They're giving more of the younger, the new bloods more reps. Like, all right, you want to see who. Who who's gonna make it? We want to see who actually has potential, so we can like decide who we want to keep. So Tyrell Williams barely got any run yesterday, of course. Um, gotcha. Darren Waller didn't get that much, which obviously no doubt he's gonna make in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conley didn't play. Carl. Oh, Conley did play, but I'm talking about like when it came to scrimmage time, I didn't. I hardly saw him and Joseph. Um, it was mainly like Nick Nelson or Isaiah Johnson or Trayvon Mullen out there a lot. Even the linebackers, you know, Tyre Whitehead, Vitez Burfe, they got some run, not a whole lot. They were giving way more so to like Nicholas Morrow, Kambinda, or or Markel Lee. Definitely saw from the defensive front that they're going to be shuffling a lot, which is good because you defensive front you need to shuffle your players because you know this isn't Madden, yeah. which is gonna freaking have unlimited stamina. 
you know, you got to get them in there, get energized. So th there was there's a lot of takeaways, but I don't want to deem too harp on them too much because, once again, it was just one practice. If I was there for a week, then I could be like, all right, this is what it <laughs> looks like. But, yeah, that's what, that's what it looks like. The defense front looks like it's going to be a mix. J.J. Nelson looks like he's going to be a player that's going to have that's carved out a role for himself on this offense and how the safeties play out. That's also interesting too. I mean, I Jonathan Abram, they used him a lot playing in the box. They didn't really put him in coverage. They didn't really put him on top that he was just mainly coming down into the box and playing the run well. And um, he, he, he knows how to sniff it. That guy is, a guy, that guy's got a nose for the ball before I, before I ended before, my last observation that I really thought, he didn't really get as much looks either, but the ones he did, Josh Jacobs, he, that guy <laughs> is shifty and fast. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, they were given. Granted, there were good holes, but some of the ones where he had to squeeze into, he was, dude, he was shifting out. He was taking him to the house. It was, it was nice to see. I mean, I hope so. I mean, because you don't take running backs in the first <laughs> round, I'll still stand by that, regardless of how great he turns out to be, unless he gets close to somewhere like a Zeke impact or a Barkley somehow, but. Either way, I hope he does impact his offense phenomenally. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I, what I took away, that they're giving a lot of the young players the snaps and the older players some, but younger players come up so we see what we got, which I think is a smart yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, I've been pounding the table since we started this podcast three months ago. Play the young guys, play the young guys. So, for me, that's refreshing to hear. You know, on Josh Jacobs, you know, I, I'm still with you on, on a first round's uh, a bit of a steep price of to pay for a running back. Mm -hmm. But I've been hearing nothing but good things about the guy ever since he signed. So, yeah, and then we, they better at this point, you know, freaking yeah. you're going to be you're going to be the only running back drafted <laughs> in the first round. That obviously shows the your your positions, your positions value. I mean, look, Melvin Gordon's not going to get paid. I mean, I wouldn't pay him. I mean, Zeke's still not getting paid for some reason, and he's the most impactful back next to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, these positions are easily interchangeable. You can fill in. It's just just a fact. It's not an opinion. And you just hope Jace, Josh Jacobs is able to impact day one. Like, there's no waiting with this guy. You know, running backs, is, you don't really – if you got to develop a running back, I feel like at that point it's like, uh, no, because those, those are like a lot of inst instincts you have. You know, you can't yeah. – you can cheat your vision. You can try to do all this stuff. You're getting bigger and faster, but really, like – you need to get these guys – they need to have that instinct already, you know, where to cut, change the direction and stuff like that. So, Josh Jacobs, looking forward to seeing him play. If he plays this weekend, which I hope he does, I mean, I thought I heard or I saw Vic Tafer or someone saying that Gruden wants to really get him some runs. So, that, that's, that's one thing to see. But what I didn't see, obviously, of course, was Antonio Brown. <laughs> I, I really wanted to see him out there and just watch him the whole time, just watch him in live that close because – Obviously, I'm a season ticket holder. I'll get to see him, but it's, you know, you're, when you're like 15 feet away from the players, yeah. it's different. But that's his injury, man, or whatever the hell it is, the blisters yeah. or whatever. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's the thing for me is like I know we we know he has a foot problem, and yeah. he posted that picture on Instagram. But has anybody <laughs> confirmed that the issue is indeed the blisters? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I'm it's just blisters. Like, I would gotta think that's what it's gonna be. You know, we're talking about before the show, you know, is this concerning? I don't know if it's necessarily concerning, but it's weird for sure. Like, <laughs> he was on pup or he was on the NFI, taken off, and then now he's back on. Like, I mean, and yeah, I like, what's more. going on? Yeah, it's it like, just shows it, that they don't know what's going on over there. And yeah. the Gruden, the fact on one of his comments at a post conference was like, oh, I'm just. He's disappointed. I'm sure AB's disappointed. And I'm like, whoa, that 
when I watched that, that's when I was like, this is a little bit concerning now, especially yeah. since like he said he, the fact that he had to go see a foot specialist. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like once again, nothing long term. Okay, good. So it really shouldn't it shouldn't be concerning. But that's why I just say low key concerning for me because yeah. what if this creeps up later? What if we're gonna hear something mm-hmm. about his feet or something? You know, he gets held out or whatever. I mean, granted, he doesn't need to. He, he doesn't need to practice that often. Obviously, they can they should just hold him out at least one practice a week during the regular season. And even yeah. now, he should only practice like once or twice this week. You don't need need AB to practice. Uh, it affects it just helps the team more than it helps him. But I mean, you didn't trade for him. You didn't pay him just to freaking for practice. You did it for 16 yeah. games on Sunday. So that's what you really want is worth. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's not structural. But the once again, the fact that he had to go see a specialist, the fact that how Gruden said it and watching it, I was like, oh crap, okay. Uh, this, this is a little bit now. Now a little, a little bit of the thoughts creep in. You know those yeah. questions should be asked, but still a little premature to say like, oh no, and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely a little looking concerning for me for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is an Al Davis quote, or not a direct quote, but an Al Davis ism. I don't really care what <laughs> happens in practice as long as Sundays in the fall are are fine. No one yeah. gives a shit about what happens in practice. If AB goes out and does his thing and gets 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns, that's the overarching thing. And like, that's, that's unfortunately the time period we're in right now is it's almost a TBD if it actually is concerning, but yeah, we don't have a whole lot going on. I think the biggest thing or two, the two biggest things that, you know, are a little bit concerning for me with AB being a new receiver with Derek Carr having so many new receivers, I'd like to see them get more reps, reps together and get the timing down. You know, I know they've been throwing on their own and um and whatnot during the season, and they'll get it down eventually. I have no doubt in that. But I do think there is some merit to it's a little bit different in practice. It's a little bit different with pads on. Everything's different. Yeah. Everything's turned up a notch. And I, I, you know, I would like to see it. You know, is it something that I'm terribly concerned about? You know, I, I'm in the same boat. It's kind of like, you know, this is head scratching to me. The, the pessimism creeps up in the back of my mind of, you know, thinking about other guys who we kept thinking were okay. And then they came out on the field and weren't, i.e. Gary Conley, Obi Melifile. You know, I don't think it's going to be at that, uh, that level because it, hopefully it is just blisters. And I don't know, maybe you can just shave skin off. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I'm not a doctor or whatnot, but that is a little bit concerning. You know, I, I would like him, I would like to see him be working on that timing, working, getting more reps with Derek. But at the end of the day, it's Antonio Brown and you get him the ball regardless of what you're going to do. And I have no doubt that he'll figure it out and be able to go, go on Sundays in the fall. But the other group that it is concerning for me, and this is probably the biggest concern, is we talked about it before, is those young cornerbacks, they're going to learn so much from A.B. going up against them. You know, I posted on Twitter, you know, a bit bit tongue-in-cheek, but the one practice um, A.B. did play is Trayvon Mullen learned a quick lesson where if you're going to press Antonio Brown, you better get some freaking hands on him because that's going to be a big problem in the the NFL. And, I mean, Mullen, for the most part, had perfect coverage, but had that one flaw. And I want him to learn that there. And I want him to go up against Antonio Brown, who's one of the best route runners in the NFL, so that Sunday seem easier. You know, I can remember playing, from my playing days, coaches used to harp on that all the time in practice. Like, you want your hardest and most competitive reps to be in practice so that game day is easy. Obviously, that's damn near impossible. But having a guy out there like AB will help those young guys develop because. Like, to be honest, it doesn't get much better than Antonio Brown. Yeah, no, man, exactly. That's 
that's that's right on the money. And then, I mean, you know, it is a double-edged sword of him being in and out. Mm-hmm. Him being in, he's able to sharpen the corners. Him being out, they're able to get the other receivers that exactly. they don't know that's about true. to see because it's like you, you don't really need to see these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, like an A-B or even a Tyrell practice. You want to see the other receivers really get those looks in, get their licks in, and maybe even get schooled by some of the corners they have now. So, yeah, in that point, especially – you know, from Mullen, you're going to learn how if, if you can, like, actually somehow get a hand on AB, then you're going to be able to get yeah. your hand on any receiver in the league. Exactly. So learning that's going to be cool. But, you know, they have they have all year. I mean, he'll, he'll be able to adapt. I mean, he's going to have to adapt regardless. Yeah. Um, You know, it's actually funny how I saw, I think I saw this, was it this morning or yesterday? I saw that uh, Josh Jacobs said, oh, I thought, I'm surprised Channing Cap is actually, like, this is, like, it's not too difficult. Like, it was this <laughs> easy. Like, he, he adapted well. And even the veterans are saying, like, yeah, man, yeah. You, you're looking wily out there, like a wily vet. If it's going to trickle down to, like, the other players and how they thought the same way, but how he viewed it, and especially the, after when I saw him, Josh Jacobs definitely was out there looking like, oh, this guy's in a comfort zone. He's, yeah, he's not going to get bothered from this. But how it works, like, with the other corners, you know, like uh, Isaiah Johnson or Trayvon Mullen and even Conley to the extent, then it's – it's it, they got all year, you know. It's yeah. not – it's not like they're getting full-on practice reps just strictly against AB. I mean, sure, that's like five or so yeah. that's getting taken away from, but it's it's something that, that they need to and should learn on their own eventually. Um, but once again, they got all year. I mean, how AB is going to practice or not, yeah, the way it affects them definitely is not going to be it, it's it's not going to be like you know a long-term effect on the team. Yeah, at all. I think they should be fine. But speaking of game day we got the first one on saturday finally let's go jeez man i'm fired up man you think about it this shit's gone so fast already like it's already like we were just talking about the draft just like the other day (laughs) yeah now look like freaking like it's already the first preseason game it's so crazy how this when you when you start keying in on football and like writing about it like how quickly the offseason goes by now yeah it's crazy i mean we're talking about the draft in this episode 10 minutes ago you know (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited. I, I you know, I, I'm a football junkie, so I get way more into the preseason than other people do. I'll watch yeah. other teams' replays too, and I like watching. My my friend calls it shit on shit. I kind of like watching that. <laughs> so I'm curious. You know, we know, and or we don't know, but we're pretty certain that a lot of the key guys aren't going to be playing on Saturday. So Jose, I'm curious. You know, who are a couple guys? Maybe one will alternate and whatnot. That that you're going to be looking to, or what, what are you looking forward to on Saturday's game? Well, really, all the rookies that they drafted this year, for sure. <laughs> I want to see all of them. I mean, this is pretty much who it is for. I mean, people want to watch, oh, I want to watch the starters and get the chemistry going. Like, no, no, that's not how they're going to do it, all right? You know, that's <laughs> that's more so week two or three to yeah. a certain degree, and then that's pretty much it. Um, But, yeah, I want to see the rookies. I want to see Trayvon. I want to see Isaiah Johnson. And Isaiah Johnson, I will say, didn't look as good as I thought some people were saying he was on Twitter when they saw him in training camp. You know, I saw a lot of times when he lost his receiver, he was using his hands to try to grab him. And once again, that's your first instinct, and that's not (laughs) good. So they have to really get that out of him. That means he's getting beat, and he's not trusting his feet. So I want to see him. I want to see Trayvon, because even though I saw Trayvon yesterday and he looked cool, I want to see more. I just just want to see these guys play, because once again, these rookies, it's not – it's not something that's going to foreshadow the season, but this is pretty much like, oh, it's straight up talent on talent. It's nothing scheme or, or you know, scout base. There's no film breakdown going on. It's just, hey, we're going out there. We're going to play. All right. Yeah. So that's the awesome point. And that's actually what's going to be good for 
what is it Wednesday or Thursday or whenever they have the joint practice against the Rams. Joint practices are awesome. Yeah, I think it's like one day or two days, whatever. The joint practices are phenomenal. And so now the fact it's going to trickle down into the preseason, that's smart because then you're able to really get the competition on the other side. You know, it gets it gets annoying. You have to play the same people over and over again in practice. You get other people, you're going to get different looks, different styles, different different talent, you know, different plays. So that's going to be so, so conducive and benefits to development. This preseason game for all these rookies, it's, it's just, that's pretty much who I'm looking at, just all the rookies, Trayvon, Isaiah, Josh Jacobs, depending on how much run he gets. And that, that's pretty much where I'm going to go from there. And then maybe even the left guard to see how certain yeah. whoever, who actually was Jonathan Cooper, I believe, was getting the first team reps a lot. Okay. So that's probably going to be your day one starter at this point for right yep. now. It could change, of course. But that's probably the things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at. All the rookies, Jonathan Abrams, and then maybe even left guard. Yeah, I I hear you on Isaiah Johnson. You know, he's a guy that obviously I'm looking forward to watching too. You know, I, you're talking about you know him getting a little handsy when he gets beat. You know, I remember when I was studying up on him, that was one of the things I noticed. So definitely a big thing for him to keep or him to show improvement on. And I mean, this week he's going to have a tough test because you mentioned the joint practices with the Rams. They do have three pretty damn good receivers and. Brandon yeah, have Cooks, a good Cooper Cup, yeah, and uh, and Robert Woods. So it'll be an interesting test for him. You know, one of the guys that I don't know how much time he's going to get on um, Saturday that I'm looking forward to seeing because it seems like he's a lock to be a starter is Darren Waller. You know, I was a guy that yeah. he's a project. You know, I, I hope he gets some reps on Saturday just because even though he's not a rookie, he hasn't played, he doesn't have a whole lot of NFL experience, and I think. You know, he's still got something to prove, and um, he's another guy that I've been hearing nothing but good things about from the beat writers. And, I mean, I know you brought it up in that left guard position. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see this as much because I highly doubt Aaron Donald's going to play on Saturday, if at all, in the preseason. But, like we're talking about with A.B. in the corners, there is no bigger test than though it's coming on Wednesday and Thursday in those joint practices than big old number 99 for the Rams. And, I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be huge. Like, I, I, feel, I got to feel like that's got to be huge for who's going to start week one. You know, Jonathan Cooper, is he, can he stay in front of a guy like Donald? If you can stand yeah. out somehow, it's an uphill task against that guy, you might just catch Coach Gruden's eye. I mean, that's, that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, I mean, another guy I'm looking forward to who's definitely going to be playing on Saturday uh, is Nick Nelson. You know, you mentioned Isaiah mm-hmm. Johnson. Those are two guys that, probably going to be competing for roster spots and then come to the season. If, if they both make it, they're going to be competing for playing time. You know, I don't know if they, both of them end up making it, but he was another guy who was a preseason hero last year. <laughs> that, and he's another guy that I've been high on for a while, hoping that he can figure it out and find a way to end up making this team and make this team better. Yeah, and it's funny because I think I saw Gruden say, like, oh, a lot of people are forgetting about Nick Nelson. This is a guy we took in the some some round, and he's actually has some talent. Well, Gruden, you were the one that just chose not to play him, and he was a healthy scratch. What do you mean? You're the one that forgot about him. I mean, that was that made no sense. Like, there was, like, at least three games where he yep. was a healthy scratch. He, I know he was injured for a good portion of the season, but he only got a little run in some games, and a lot of times he was inactive as a healthy scratch. So it's like, at that <laughs> point in the season, I don't understand why you didn't play him. Even special teams, you know, get out there. I mean, I hope he plays a lot this preseason he needs it which actually in, tra- in training camp yesterday on sunday he did get some run i saw he actually got a decent a good portion of it 
And I was like, all right, cool. He looks he looks pretty good. The way he breaks in the ball is pretty qu quick and fast, so that's good. Yeah, Nick Nelson is a great player. I really want to see, and I hope he does make it. Um, I personally thought I saw as a little bit of a stretch for him to make the team. For sure, would just be a special teamer. <laughs> but second year, you know, we got Isaiah Johnson. Isaiah Johnson is looking more – he's definitely raw. So what yeah. other people have been saying about him, he had deadly as raw talent. I mean, no duh, he didn't make the switch from wide receiver to corner. So yeah. that's that's not really – it's it's not a tough challenge, but it is a challenge. So, but I mean, the fact he was able to do pretty solid job in college as that was great. But let's see it now on this stage. So, yeah. like for example, stop grabbing people, stop grabbing <laughs> their freaking jerseys if they're getting away from you. Just get your coverage better, right? Just use instead of using your arms to reach out and grab, use your arms to pump yourself to get faster. You know, kick get your strides longer and keep up with them. So I, that's that's never a good trait. But Nick Nelson also had that same similar trait too when he would like to get a little grabby. Let's see if he breaks out of it or how it's the depth chart is going to shape up because, you know, I'm the, the secondary is like finally looks like solid this year. But yeah. in terms of like the corner, how everyone's hyping him up, I don't see it. I, I see the potential. I just don't think we should all get too excited like we think. Like it definitely feels different. And there's potential. There's Conley. You know, hopefully he gets mm -hmm. better. Worley's looks solid at the end of the year. Hopefully he gets better. Mullen and then Drew and Nick Nelson, even Nevin Lawson. All right, yeah. so how that all plays out is going to be very key from what we see from not just this practice or a preseason game, but the rest of it and how they're viewing their players. I mean, it, it's for sure. I think one of the things working in Nick Nelson's favor is that Isaiah Johnson is a bit of a project. Now, whether or not he takes advantage because Nick Nelson's got to prove it on his own is another story, and hopefully one will get the or start to get an answer for on Saturday. All right, Jose, it's been a while since I've done this, but <laughs> I've got a best thing I saw this week, and it's related to the Raiders, and that is Allegiant Airlines is now going to be the sponsor in, for the stadium in Vegas. I've so maybe just ahead of Spirit, the cheapest freaking airline on the market is now going to spend like $25 million a year to have their name on the stadium, and they're probably... It's probably, I mean, our, people already are calling it the Death Star. It'll, it'll be, <laughs> what, ticket prices are going to be lower on face value and then charge you double for bags? Like, what the, f what are we doing? Or, not what are we doing, I guess the Raiders, from their perspective, as long as the check's clear, who gives a shit? Yeah. But, I don't know. I find it damn comical. If I'm an investor in Allegiant, I'm thinking, what the fuck are we doing? We're supposed to be low cost. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I'm not... I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea. I've never even heard of this airline before. I didn't even know there were an airline. So I read it said Allegiant Airline. I'm like, what the hell? But the fact that you said that they're cheaper than Spirit. Holy shit. That's I, a... I think they're just above Spirit, if, if, if I'm being. Oh, okay. I've but they're heard, about I've... the same level. Like, they, like <laughs> I've flown Allegiant once, and it was they only flew between Monday and Friday. And literally, like, you pay for your ticket, and you're like, oh, it's like 100 bucks or whatever, round trip or whatever, some crazy deal. And then literally, it's like every step you take, oh, that's five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Like, literally, they charge you for freaking <laughs> everything else. And someone shared, I don't know if this is true, but it's like a $25 million a year contract for like the next 10 years. Hey, I'm not an investor, so I'm not worried. That just means that they want to take a bigger leap now instead of being a cheap-ass airline. So that way Maybe. people see like, hey, Allegiant, let's look them up. They're going to probably get a good influx of flow now coming in yeah. because they did that. So... Yeah, if That's I'm the Raiders, true. I don't give a shit who you are. I'll put your name unless it's not some oh, yeah. weirdo thing or something like that. But from the Raiders' yeah. perspective, yeah, from the Raiders' perspective, who gives a hell? As long as the check's clear, they don't give a shit. Yeah. You got a quack of the week for us, Jose? 
not for the week, more like quack of all time, Jason Whitlock. This guy is such a freaking, like, God, the things I want to say about him, I don't want to record, but, like, it's just, <laughs> the guy's just pretty much, he, that's what he is, a quack. Jason Whitlock, every time, just screaming just for say attention. Just we'll him on him, and we'll get some, we'll get some just, good mojo going. <laughs> He's just straight up a quack. Just pretty, like, I, I feel like he really is low-key hates his own kind, black people, and I feel like he really wishes he was, like, a white racist. He reminds me of Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks. That's who he is. Just freaking just talking about it. He's like, oh, this is the problem of black people. Like, dude, like, you have... This guy takes so much issue with things that don't even directly yeah. affect him. It's crazy. And not just him, some other people in media. Like, I don't understand why these people get so bothered by what others are doing. It's like, it's not affecting you. It's not hurting yeah. you. It's not doing anything to your income. It's not even doing anything to people you know. So why the fuck does it matter to you? Like with how he was talking about, oh, LeBron James being a dad, he just does it for himself and the attention. Or maybe <laughs> because he didn't have a dad and he wants his son to experience yeah. the, 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 the things that he never got to feel. And from the looks of it, his son doesn't mind it and loves it actually better. So what your opinion is, is very irrelevant. What we think of it is irrelevant. I'm happy. I like to see that every dad should do this, especially if it's in sports. Like you should be happy to see your son doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, personally, I don't think my my dad would ever do it. He wanted to do low key because he didn't he didn't well, want to like could, embarrass me. Number if your one. dad could throw it off the backboard and dunk, I'd be saying why. Well, yeah, dad, why don't we know about <laughs> exactly? So I mean. Especially when he's like, he's like, oh, he's basketball guy, and his son's looking like looking damn near a raw talent as well. You just, you get excited. You want to see like your son do great. So how everyone feels about it, it's like you know doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So I don't know why everyone's so why he felt the need to do that. Of course, he wants the attention. Always wants to bring in these stupid race baiting and sports. It's like, come on, dude. You you're always giving shit about Kaepernick kneeling, but you're the one that's still doing it. I mean, I don't see him. I didn't see him mentioning Tom Brady drag his child off the cliff to do freaking that little dive. Where was he then? So everyone that's giving LeBron that shit. Where's what about Tom Brady? Oh, I forgot he's white. Duh. That's why. So that's that's the little that's a little fucked up part about it. So I mean that's pretty much that's pretty much my thought of it. Jason Willock, not just a quack of the week, but always has been a quack and forever will be. Yeah. I think you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of Whitlock when he was at ESPN. No, I never did either. But I I, I don't like I was never he was just kinda I was indifferent. Like I never really had an opinion on the guy. Like I remember he was just like that guy that would come on, I think what was it first take every now and again. Never yeah, really had a problem with him or anything like that. But ever since he got in or got started with Fox, it's just been like, I'm like, dude, you're not even like a, a sports journalist anymore. You're just a social justice like commentator. Like every time I see you on here, it's because like exactly what you're talking about. And it's like, dude, do you even have sports takes anymore? Like, are you just commenting on which if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But don't. But it's just how he yourself. does it in a disrespectful yeah. way. Yeah, and then exactly. when he does it, he just makes it. He just pretty much, especially like, especially like, and from what I've seen from plenty of black people I've known on Twitter and just friends, like, just, hey, like, what he's doing is shining that light. It's in a time where black fathers are finally, like, we need to get him to stick around and actually, like, care for a family. He's, like, making it look like, hey, this is embarrassment. Don't do it. And it's like, yeah. he's pretty much, like, undoing all the work that everyone's, like, coming together. So, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's not your family. Who gives a shit what they're doing? I mean, how I feel about Tom Brady, it's like whatever. I don't care. I mean, yeah. it's his daughter. I mean, should he have done it? Probably not. But whatever, it, it happened. You know, freaking. I'm yeah. not gonna really go out on a limb and say like, oh, what he did, her, her, because yeah. whatever your the kid, punishment's gonna happen, whatever, whatever the punishment consequences that come with it in that moment, he's the one that's gonna feel it the most. So, yeah, personally, just this is the way Jason went. Like, you're always a quack. 
and uh, a freaking idiot as always. <laughs> well, I think we'll end it on that note. Jason Whitlock, you're a quack and a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag him in this. Probably not. All right. That's all we got for you guys. We got the first preseason game. Get excited, people. We got Raiders football is back. It's officially back. Can't <laughs> wait. Jose, where can the people find you? At jsanch underscore 21, people. All right. Follow me on Twitter at mholder95. Follow the pod if you're not already at SweetFly. Send, send us emails. We can always take topics. Any questions you want answered, email is just flysweetpod at gmail.com. Hey, right, until next time.